Hey everybody, welcome to Miss Baldwin Watch Traveling. I am really happy to have my good friend Keidra King here with me today. And we both are dwelling in Chiang Mai. Keidra, how long are you going to be in Chiang Mai? Uh, Till next April at least. So Keidra's going to be here for a while. That's I'm dipping is. out. Well, <laughs> the, she's supposed to be here for a while. I'm going to dip out at the end of the month, but... Well, we have been in Thailand this past week. Oh, you went to Penang. Tell us, tell me about Penang, Kidra. Penang was amazing. It's an island in Malaysia. Um, it was... I, I, I shared with you earlier that I realized being there just a couple of days that I need to live on the ocean. I need to be near the water um, for it to be... It's, I, feel, I don't know if it's bigger than Chiang Mai, but it feels like it's a lot more busier than Chiang Mai. Um, but there was still a calm and a peace there that I really appreciated. Um, I love that a lot of, that everybody pretty much speaks English. I love to see more people that have melanin like me. So that was also a plus. And um, I just loved everything about it. That was my first time in Malaysia. Uh, I was actually going to go to KL, but at your recommendation. And For those who don't know, KL oh. is Kuala Lumpur. Thank but you. Sorry. Yeah, Kuala go ahead. Lumpur. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So used to like nomadic. Saying KL, right? Yeah, nomadic <laughs> jargon that I forget. Um, but at your recommendation and another friend's recommendation, uh, they recommended Penang because I wanted to be near the water. Um, and it was a really good trip. It was a really inexpensive trip. I had a great apartment. Um, you got it on Airbnb? Airbnb. I found it um, for like 30-something a night. Okay. Um, in hindsight, I would probably go ahead and go with the resort that I initially was going to do. So I found a resort that was like $50 a night. But I ended up going with the Airbnb, but about time I traveled um, to the actual beach. So my Airbnb was right there on the ocean, ocean view, but it wasn't on like the beach. So it was like walking oh, gravel. Gotcha. So about time, my time to get to the beach was a little bit of a trip mm-hmm. and paying to get there. I could have just did the resort for $50 and been right there on the beach. <laughs> um, so it is what it is, but the flight was cheap. So that's the other thing I love about being over here. Um, I think round trip, my flight from here to Bang or from Bangkok there was one uh, thirty, and then my flight from Chiang Mai to Bangkok was uh, twenty two dollars. So one hundred and fifty dollars to get to Penang. Yeah. If you're in Bang, if you're in Bangkok, one hundred and thirty dollars. If you're in Chiang Mai, it's one hundred and fifty dollars to yeah. get to Penang, and we're saying thirty dollars a night yeah. to stay on the low. Even on the high end, it's just fifty dollars a night. You kind of yeah. can't beat that at a resort, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice. And then I found after the fact, I found um, I discovered that there was. Um, a Hilton resort that was sixty four a night, and the Hilton resort looked amazing, and it was only sixty four dollars a night. Yeah, and you know Penang. Well, you're a vegan, and we're going to talk about that on another episode about being vegan out in these world streets. Yeah. But Penang is a food capital. Did you get any food? I got some really good food. I stumbled upon a mom and pop shop called. Sorry, her phone's doing the most. <laughs> Hold on, guys. <laughs> 
All right, welcome back. She just got her phone together. And <laughs> she's going to have to finish sorry. telling y'all about Penang later. Um, we just played This Is America, and yeah. this episode is our reaction to Childish Gambino's yeah. This Is America song and video, right? Yeah, this is my first time watching it. So I just watched it twice. So I, I feel like I need to watch it like... 15 more times but gosh the two times that I just sat here and watched it was mind-blowing um disturbing absolutely so I watched it I think I've gotten through it seven times now yeah yeah you 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 gotta catch up I know know. you gotta get with the program (laughs) 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 unaware that this is America was out here blowing minds. So far removed from that place. (laughs) Seriously. So with seven times in and two times in, what are our thoughts on This Is America? I'm gonna let you go first with the freshest eyes because I think I've broken it down so many times in my mind. Yeah, my eyes are like super fresh, like five minutes ago fresh. (laughs) So wow, there was so much um, imagery and you know what? I, okay, so one of the things that I noticed the second time I watched, because you told me to look at everything that was going on in the background, right? So I, I got the basics the first time watching it that no matter what's going on, we find a way to dance and whatever, right? No matter what's going on around us. Um, but I also kind of saw that as like generational because yeah because every dance was mad new right at the end when he's on the car though that that was so james brown to me right so during like no matter where we are jim crow you know from the show him the way he was holding the gun from jim crow to now we've always found a way to uh dance through the trauma and whatever we're dealing with being in america so I kind of look at it, and it's the same thing, but I kind of saw it as like poking fun of the maybe a little bit of the coonishness mm. of our um, so dancing it through it. So I, I see it as dual, right? I see that we could, we are dancing through. Like I feel like that's how we get through. Like church, we're singing, we're dancing, we're pr- like right. That's how we get through. Absolutely, the, that uh, from slavery, here, right? Yeah. But then in the same breath, I look at it as like where we are today. We're so busy, as to your point, to the coonery, right, and the dancing that we're not even paying attention to everything else that's going on around us, because we're so busy entertaining ourselves and them too, whether we realize it. One of the things that was really interesting, um, the kids were recording them dancing, but there's a fire going on right behind them, and I'm like, there's a fire right there, and y'all are right them dancing like so just not aware of well and i think that played on two things because there was that in the world star generation right where we've made this idea of violence and over sexualization and all these things cool like oh world star they fighting world star yeah Yeah, to be on life goals yeah and you know, I didn't even think about World Star because they they are not a part of my life. I don't. Yeah, that's that's horrible. Now would be a good time to interject that Kedra and I are from the older millennial generation. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are we even in millennials still? We oh. might be like 
unofficially like that stopgap between millennial and whatever's yeah. above us. But yeah. I mean, I know of World Star, but I've seen like a couple of things, and this was like some years ago, and I was like, oh my, and I just yeah, that I am so, and and part of it is the journey too, but. Where I am with, like, people that I follow on Instagram and Facebook, I mean, I'm very intentional about who I follow and what comes up in my feed because I just don't want to put certain stuff um, in me. I just don't. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody wants to batter their mind with a lot of ignorant BS, basically. It's either travel, veganism, um, political stuff just because... That was my life before, so I and I always just like to know what's going on in the world. So like BBC and Al Jazeera, but outside of that, yeah, I don't follow any of that foolishness. But everyone's watching this video right now, so everybody is caught up on kind of like (laughs) what the foolishness is now that they watch This Is America, right? Thanks, Donald Glover. You have in four minutes put us all on to the fact that. This is America, this and America, America is some bullshit right now. You know what's, what's interesting, though? I think that black folks, right? So even if we look at this video and, and we say that we're naive to this generation, naive to what's going on, um, I don't think that black folks are surprised at all. Like, we know this is America. And I feel like when I was traveling, that was a conversation that I constantly had with people. They were so shocked. That we elected Donald Trump. And they didn't understand how this happened. And they really thought that everybody loved Barack Obama. So it's very interesting, like, the propaganda that we put out to the world. Um, And I remember for a while, I used to keep this three-minute Fox News clipping video in my phone. Because the constant conversation when I first started traveling was, how did you all elect him? Like... But Barack Obama was so great, and everybody loves Barack Obama. And I'm like, yeah, no, everybody doesn't love Barack Obama, right? And I would show them news clippings um, from Fox and all of those folks, um, from those pundits. And I was like, this is constantly being shown in the U.S. every day, every minute of the hour. And they were like, really? Had no idea, right, that there was this whole right-wing crazy whatever out there. Um, which is why they're so confused how we end up with a Donald Trump. But I feel like black folks ain't surprised by this. Oh, yeah, we've been, been knowing. <laughs> we've been I knowing a, that this people, is real America. They were shocked on election day. And Oh, I my think, God, the tears. Uh, the, yeah, I don't know. The, the tears. T- you get no sympathy for me with your tears. I'm sorry. Whatsoever. <laughs> on your tears. Oh, that's not nice. Sorry. Yeah. Well, we're honest on this podcast, so that niceties is. aside. Yeah. The tears. But yeah, the tears. The You know, and surprised at, at the direction that the country is going. And I was like, this has always been the direction. I think for a long time we've put Band-Aids over it. And I think we've masked it, not only to the American public, but to the rest of the world. And I think now the mask is off. And everybody sees so what do we you, have always seen. Do you think that the a video like This Is America is going to rip the Band-Aid harder? Or is it the Neosporin or the aloe vera we needed to put mm-hmm. on the womb? Because, you know, there's always art imitating life mm-hmm. and that conversation. But that was a pretty 
pretty just really quick if you haven't seen the video go see it but there's a lot of innuendos in yeah. there well not even so innuendos much. just blatant, blatant. like yeah. here's what's going on from yeah. the i kill a black person but i handled a gun with care yeah. to yeah. the dancing and having chaos all around you yeah. but just being yeah. like i'm so fitted yeah. I'm, I'm so, so gucci he said i'm, I'm so, so pretty, pretty. <laughs> and like how many times are we like no knock against instagram models instagram models do your thing live your best life but Mm -hmm. how many aspiring instagram models out there are i'm so pretty but wouldn't would totally be blinded or missed by some of the things happening on the streets every day not the violent things like the educational problems the nutritional problems the political problems etc etc so um i think i think that it's um we're in an age we are where we are where we are where we are as a society intentionally i think that they want us to be blinded and naive to everything that's going on around us so that they can just do whatever the hell they want to do and isn't the cool thing about an artist like Childish Gambino or his twin brother Donald Glover, BTW, that's the same person. Please don't get that confused. But isn't it interesting that a person like him who has a crossover appeal, like he came from like, what, what, NBC community. He's been a stand-up comedian pretty much catering to a nerdy maybe black audience. I don't like that word nerdy, but a a very specific black audience, but more so a white audience. So what do you think this video is going to do for their minds? Like our minds was kind of like, damn, we see you, Donald. But I wonder, and if anybody's listening to this, especially if you're a white American, I would love to know what your thoughts were on This Is America. But what do you think that's going to do for their psyche? Um... So I don't follow him often or know much about him prior to was was it eight eight what was it was yeah, it Atl, Atlanta Atlanta yeah, 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 yeah so that was kind of like my introduction to him mm-hmm. um so I I put him kind of in the same category as as like a Dave Chappelle right really. Yeah. Well, let's not go off on tangent on that, but he is a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. As far as comedy, not artists, like music. Yeah. But so, and I say that like your audience is primarily white, and now Mm, you have more of a crossover to us. Yeah. So, um, I think though, and so I don't, well, this is what I would hope. I hope that. What his work does and what Dave Chappelle's work does now, uh, I'm not sure that it did before, like, we really got into Dave Chappelle, I'm not really sure, but I would hope that what their work is doing now is um, having more honest conversations. Yeah. Um, Because nine times out of ten, their audience are the liberal white audience, right? Right. So... With that being said, they were the ones who were shocked and in tears by a Donald Trump. Absolutely. Although I question whether they in tears because Hillary lost. And it wasn't so much about like Donald Trump and he's the Antichrist, but that the first woman lost versus the country is going to go to where it is now. I I wonder 
what? what their response was. Well, we're not going to go too that's much true, deep into that because we true, can't. But true. we've kicked out a couple but good I, questions right I now, right? I hope that it will, um, will generate more conversation in that particular circle, right? I think, like, well, Nina Simone talked about this, that that is the responsibility of the artists, right? Mm-hmm. Of modern-day artists is to talk about the issues and to bring things to the forefront. So... I hope that more artists, um, in a healthy and responsible way, uh, do what he is doing. Um, I think do what Dave Chappelle is doing here with his comedy now. Um, Chris Rock has always done it. That's right, why I Chris love Rock. Chris Rock. He's, Chris he's Rock. pretty unapologetically black, right? <laughs> man. And he's always done it. And you know who else has done it too and people call him crazy? It's Cat Williams. Like, but he also became a crackhead. It so, doesn't matter. Like, I don't know. I what think that like, kind of canceled out some no, for some people. No, Cat Williams. No. No. Why? No, why, I'm not. I'm not challenging it. Cancel out, like, because at the end of the day, right? He he might be high, all that other stuff, right? But before he. Transition to that. Oh, I went and saw him. I love Cat Williams. Was on point, and he really did talk about some pertinent issues, which is what I liked about him. And I feel like he was underrated for that or slept on for that. Yeah. Um, but we don't know what Hollywood did to him. Like, I can't imagine being in that life and what they got to deal with and all of that. I, you know, that's neither here nor there. It doesn't take away the. Yeah, mind. and we want to stay somewhat close to this is america but yeah. like you said we've kicked out a lot of interesting questions right now so if y'all have thoughts on this is america on conscious black comedians um oh, wow, if you're why did you leave america that's my question for you you know that's gonna be what we're gonna talk about next oh okay so that's see she segued perfectly so <laughs> Really quick, let's kick off a little song. I feel like a little SZA normal girl feels about right about now. And then we'll come back and talk about why we left America. Y'all, she don't know nothing. I, no. I, when it comes to that, I don't. Who is SZA? Like, I don't. Anywho. What are you saying? We'll be back. Right. It's a girl. Oh. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. We hope y'all enjoyed SZA. Now that Key just caught up on who SZA is, normal girl. Don't make that face. And now, what you say? Why did I leave America, right? Yeah. Well, long and short of it, I left the U.S. because I just felt like I wasn't in the right place. Mm. And I had reached a point where enough things were happening in my life in in the direction I didn't want them to go. So it was like, all right, why am I staying here? I've been having this challenge with myself about am I supposed to live in America at all or how like leave for a while those type of things Mm -hmm. and then I was like oh okay you know why am I staying here why am I trying so hard to put my left shoe on this right foot (laughs) you know so I guess that's the nutshell of it I don't like to go into the nuts and bolts because I've gotten to a point being out where the reasons small reasons that kind of pushed me to want to leave don't matter anymore mm-hmm. but I'm just like overall I just think we had a square peg and a round hole and they weren't fitting so I was like yeah I left with a travel group 
I didn't necessarily have the most like courage to leave the first time all the way on my own, but I quickly shifted to my own (laughs) because that kind of fell apart. We'll talk about that later as well. (laughs) But um, yeah. And next year, once I got out and I really got a taste of how this works and how much freedom I have to be who I am and not have to react to all the things that you have to react to in America and everybody wants to be like, you don't have to do anything. And I'm like, yeah, that's a fallacy. Yeah. It's no way of avoiding certain things. So mm-hmm. as much as I would like to honor and believe that, that's just not true, boys and girls. That's yeah. a lie. So here I am craving every day to exist in a space where I can be like, you know what? My day will not be battering and I will be who I want to be and life still happens. I'm still going to care about things going on back home, but I just don't have to own all of that turmoil and emotion being on the on the ground, you know? So, you feel like that you found that Well, not do, where did you find it most at in the world? Cuz you've lived in quite a few places. Yeah. I have. I found it most in South Africa. Uh-huh. And I and I found it most I knew I was gonna find it the most in Africa as a black woman, as a black person, as someone who loves being black. I've never had the luxury of being in a homogeneous black space until I went to Africa. I'm an American, predominantly white population you go to europe predominantly white population you come to asia predominantly asian population Mm -hmm. none of these races are black and i just always intuitively felt like i won't feel completely at my home until i'm in a place or at least had the experience to see do i like living amongst people that are like me and I had like small bit of it going to Howard, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to like the Mecca, America's black Mecca. Mm-hmm. And I went to college there. So I had a taste of it young. And I've probably been chasing it since. Mm-hmm. But like, I really, Wakanda forever. I really was like, nope, I'm going to have Wakanda prior to Wakanda existing in real life. <laughs> I was trying to find Wakanda. So. That is where my headspace was, and it just so happens when I got to South Africa, my heart was very much like you're correct mm. you're 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 very comfortable with your people, you're happy building a community amongst people that not exclusively because that shouldn't exist that anywhere, but predominantly mm-hmm. it is very a okay with me that everybody looks like me <laughs> I'm like that's a beautiful thing. For it to be exclusive too. It is okay. I personally don't need the exclusivity, but I really hope this is still recording. It is. I personally don't need the exclusivity, but I wouldn't be mad if I had it either. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, I can go either way, but I'm predominantly like, you know what I'm saying? And anybody who understands that being non-privileged can understand where I'm coming from 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 privileged folks you just gotta look around and realize you already have it and if you're taking it for granted a little bit of shame on you that's all I can say but um I also had a I think more love for being in South Africa because I was coming from a place of being non-privileged in so many ways as a black person as a woman you know what I'm saying now the woman part didn't eradicate itself 
in South Africa. Make no mistake. (laughs) That's never going to happen anywhere in the world. It is what it is. But the black thing was was gone for to a certain degree and I mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. I was I was very, very happy to find that. So what about you? Tell me about why you left. Um I think kind of like various reasons, but just wanted a break from it all. And uh, I worked I've worked in government and politics for about fifteen years and I knew that I was gonna lose my job at the end of sixteen. And um I had previously been thinking about living abroad anyway because I was dating someone in another country. Mm-hmm. So we just where uh, oh oh we're not gonna get too detailed. Trinidad. We keep secrets lived, in there. He lived in Trinidad. He's he was he is Grenadian, but he lived in Trinidad. Uh, he went to university in Trinidad, and then after he graduated, he just stayed there. So he had been in Trinidad for about ten years. Okay, that's enough information. We can't be telling no I, no names and secrets out here. I was going to say names and all of that, but it, it, it's a non-factor now anyway. We're not together. So um, even prior to that, I had already been thinking about living abroad and maybe going to Trinidad or somewhere else. He had been trying to find... Uh, he's, he was a civil engineer and trying to find work in the U.S. we thought would be easy, but it's actually a little more difficult than expected because mm-hmm. um, a lot of companies um, are hesitant to pay for a visa for you to come work for them yeah. and then you go work for someone else or you leave once you get the visa. But then also um, there were a couple opportunities that he thought he could get, but... Um, it was a little harder because there was no shortage for civil engineers. Yeah. So if he was a different type of engineer, maybe. Yeah, so you, but about y'all. Oh, yeah. So, back yeah, sorry. So that was kind of the plan to just figure out somewhere where we wanted to go live. And then when we decided to part ways, I just kind of still made the, well, this trip, the journey, once I knew I was going to lose my job, we had talked about just spending a year living abroad together. And then when we parted ways, I just, decided to go ahead and do it and um so I had already pretty much planned most of it for us anyway and um I just knew that I needed a break from the U.S. and I needed a break from government I needed a break from politics okay and um so yeah packed up and I spent my first four months in Africa which was great kind of hopped around did east south and west Africa and um, from there I was supposed to do three months in Asia, three months in the Mediterranean and then two months in South America and then come back to the States. So I did my four months and then I came to Asia and I sat still. And you got to Chiang Mai and here we are. Chiang Mai and here I am. Yeah. So and hopping around Africa, which countries did you go to and which rank them, I guess, one, two, three. I can't rank them. That's Everybody fair enough. That. I love that. And, okay. And the reason I can't rank them. But wait, for a second, where you go? Um, so I went to Ghana. I went to South Africa, Mozambique, Tanzania, Kenya, uh, and Egypt. Okay. Um, I can't rank them because each country was so different and provided me something very different. Okay. So that's why it's very hard for me to rank Um so when you came to Asia, you got to Chiang Mai. Why not move the same way around Asia as you did around Africa? That's a good question. I um, So a couple of reasons. One, I was starting to get tired just hopping around so much. It was yeah. really starting to wear me out um, because I was nowhere. Well, 
I did spend almost a month in Kenya and a month in Tanzania, but everywhere else I was only there for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of hopping in four months. It's quite a few countries. Um, And then uh, I left there, went to Bali, which was my first stop in Asia. Loved Bali and wanted to stay there, but made myself like, nope, got to stick to my Excel sheet. Did the same thing when I was in the South. And then when I got to Chiang Mai, I caught the flu. Mm -hmm. And I caught the flu... Um, two days before my visa was to expire because I spent quite a bit of time in the South. Mm -hmm. And um, I did an extension and I was like, well, okay, I'm here. I've already paid for this extension. So I'll just stay a month and maybe give my body some rest. Mm -hmm. And that month turned into nine months later. Uh, Okay, fair enough. You you had a sign to sit still to for sit a second still. though because the flu is real the let's flu be real. Is real but i also blame it on the u.s because they injected me with the flu i had to get, i got a flu shot before i left i've never had the flu in my life and i've never had a flu shot i get the flu shot and i catch the flu so. <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> We're going to talk about that another time because we can go on and on and on about medicinal things. Yeah. So, okay. So, you had a reason for a little stop on your body and then you fell in love with Chiang Mai in the process. I felt... I enjoyed Chiang Mai. I'm not going to say I fell in love. There's a calm about Chiang Mai that I appreciate and that I needed at that point. Um, and then there was community here. Mm-hmm. So that was another reason I felt comfortable just sitting still for a bit. And um, in August, I just kind of decided, you know, I'm rushing to go and see all of these places in a year. For what? What am I going back to the U.S. for? Like, why Preach. not even rushing to get back there? Amen, sister. And... I'm like, I don't even want to work in government and politics. I don't know what that looks like and what I would do as far as work, but I know I don't want to do that. So what am I rushing back for? And I just kind of made a decision then that I'm just going to live out here in the world and take my time seeing the world. Yes, indeed. I think that, and we're not going to go too far down because we've been talking to you guys about some great stuff. This is America. We talked about your trip down to Kosamoy, right? Kosamoy. And no, Penang. Oh, sure, I'm tripping. Kosamoy. Yeah, no, we'll do that yeah. later. Penang. Which you have to you will have to talk a little bit more about Penang. You might have okay. to do a blog or something. But you know, as far as leaving, I think one thing maybe you can agree with me on this, that you just meet a lot of people that in this process of becoming someone who's either a nomad or an expat or whatever, you just realize that What's the rush to go back? What what is this fear of missing out? Why do I need to have it, right? And there's so much more that the world has to offer. And you know what? I'll say that but I've said this even before now. Even before I left. My boyfriend and I at the time, we used to meet up every other month in a different country. That's how we would see one another. And I literally when I would fly back to the States for about a week, I would go through a whole state of depression and not realizing that's what Girl, it was. Girl, you about to take us down a whole nother alley. So, because we're going to wrap up soon. Because <laughs> there's so many, like, things we've, like, you know, uh-huh. scratched the surface on. Like, we're just like, oh, and this and that. And, there, and that's the things that I would say, as you get out and about, you discover. Mm-hmm. But, like, since coming out, you've been out how long now, though? Uh, I left at the end of January in 2017, so 
about a year and what four months five months okay cool and i'm gonna hit two years at at literally the beginning of august what would be your one to anybody who's contemplating your one piece of advice before we sign off just do it. I looked at your pants. Ah, <laughs> I got the Nike rocks. Just I looked do at it. that and it's, it's simple. That's just do it. Like, you know, of course, do your research on where you want to go and plan and all that other stuff, but don't let fear hold you back. Just do it. And like, you're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. I got a lot the of that. The world, the world is not that scary. And the other thing that I realized leaving the U.S., like, People are genuinely nice. Yes. And people genuinely will look out for you that don't know you, that may not even speak the same language as you. And the other thing, too, is we don't realize how much we're fed about other countries. Oh, and I forgot to say Israel. I started my journey in Israel. And Israel was amazing. And everybody was like, aren't you worried about going to Israel and everything that's going on? No. Like... No, and it was yeah. an amazing place to start in Africa. I started in Israel, and I ended my trip in Africa and Egypt, and it was an amazing journey through that continent. Um, so yeah, definitely. Just do it, and just know that the world is going to be what you're going to make it. Yeah. So if you come looking at it with the rose-colored glasses of fear it will be a fearful place if you come with optimistic it'll be an optimistic place like you own the color of the lens that you put toward the world so come with an open heart and mind that is like the perfect way to say bye to y'all for the first episode come with an open heart we're gonna make those some t-shirts come with an open heart and mind we're gonna put different things in the o oh look at this and now we're enterprising but Thank y'all for listening to the first Miss Baldwin while traveling. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. Like this, share this, send me notes. I promise to read them and get back to you. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And we'll be back next week with just more great stuff as a digital nomad and as expats. <laughs>